Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Secret Stories from the Underground. Today, we have our guest, Monique Nicole, on the show. Very talented musician. Please go and check out her music on Spotify or wherever you prefer to get your music. Uh, Today, a little bit of plugs. We do have, on April 5th, a show coming up. Dean and I will be at Grace Keg in Lincoln. This is to support our friends at KZUM a non-profit radio station. All of the proceeds from this show go to keeping our friends on the air. So if you're in the area of Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, please come out and support the show. Or you can also buy a t-shirt online at KZUM. Uh, Find my buddy John. He'll get you a shirt. And all the proceeds from the shirts also go to help paying the bills. So if you could support that, Dean and I would uh, much appreciate it. That's enough for our plugs today. Wow, this was quick. Uh, here's our guest with. Uh, here's our guest with. Here's our guest, Monique Nicole. Thank you very much. Monique, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, welcome to the show. Dean and I are here. We're excited to have you. How you doing? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Hey, no awesome. problem. Thank you for giving us time. How's your day uh, going so far? Where are you coming from? Well, I'm I'm coming from Canton, Georgia right now. I just walked in. It's a pretty busy day running around, but all is well. Very nice. Uh, I'm sure the weather in Georgia has got to be nicer than what it is here in the Midwest right now. Where are you? We're in Omaha and it is freezing. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah, it, it's better here. Um, it's a little chilly. Uh, I think it hit about the 50s today. And yeah. um, going into the weekend, I think we'll be like in the 70s by the weekend. So that's good. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to be seeing that kind of temps here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah. Anyway, what we do here is we uh, generally like to talk about your career. So, uh, how how long you been uh, performing? Let's see. Uh, I started performing like in my teenage years, sporadically, doing like talent shows and singing in a choir. And um, I took a hiatus for a little while and followed my uh, legal career and worked behind the scenes for like other artists. Monique, are you there? Monique, you there? Monique, are you there? Hello? Monique, are you there? I'm here, yes. All right, sorry, I apologize. That's okay. Some connection issues here recently. Um, so, right. yeah, you, you, you started working for some other artists, and then we lost you. So, oh, can okay, you fill in yes. where we lost you there? Okay, yes. Um, 
I started in music working for other independent artists um, by way of, I was a studio owner. Um, I had a production company, management company. So I worked in a supportive role for years um, in between that hiatus. And then in 2015 is when I decided to invest in myself and step you know, center stage, and I dropped my first single, Say Yes. And um, that was like the beginning for me. And that that single wound up getting played throughout the United States and around the world. Um, it caught on pretty well. So I'm thankful for that. And, um, you know, I just continue to record and perform, you know, all the way up until now. Very cool. Uh, could you tell us a little bit how you went about, you know, getting that single out, making it a worldwide single? Yes. Um, well, it being the first professional, like, recording, I mean, I've done, like, backup vocals and stuff like that, but that's of my own. I, it had to be vetted a few times. Like, the song initially went through about four different phases before... I decided, all right, this one is it. Um, even as far as like beats per minute, and it wind up being more of a smooth jazz R&B record by the time we were done. And at that point, of course, had mixed, mastered, and I found a distribution company to upload my music on. And of course, I had to choose artwork that was appropriate for the mood of the song. And... um from that point, you know, it's all about marketing and promotion and shooting a quality video, you know, to go along with the release of the record and, um, you know, promoting a lot of groundwork, um, you know, booking different gigs and performing the record along with a couple other records that I happened to make after that as well and during that time. And, um, also getting into like radio promotions and that's you know that's like a big deal like if you want a record to be out there you have to do radio promotions in order for it to, to spread and radio stations were able to get onto the record and then there was more requests for me to perform and it, it spread from there and then we did a reggae remix of the record and then I went through a person that handled reggae promotions, you know, for radio. And that took the record around the world as well. So um, everything is marketing. If you don't take care of the marketing and no one knows that the product is there. So as good of a product as it is, if no one knows it exists and no one's going to buy the record. So um, that that's how I was able to get it around the world by promoting it. Very cool. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a, a song out there. You definitely have to work really hard for it. What, what were you going to say to you? Oh, so I, but, um, let me know if I, I have any of this info wrong. We are trusting the internet. So, <laughs> um, but I think that your, your father was a musician. Yes, he was. My dad was a now, singer. 
was he an early on inspiration then for you to become a singer yourself? Or? Definitely. Um, it's, you know, from the time I was born, I mean, I don't remember, of course, but um, there was always music in the house. He was always rehearsing. And so I came up, you know, from knee high singing with my dad. So he was a huge inspiration for me. I looked up to him. And um, he also was a lieutenant on the fire department in New York City. So he worked for Fidney as well. And, you know, so I watched him study for his promotional exams. I watched him grind it out with the music and... I kind of like followed in his foot, footsteps as well, you know, because although he was in the music business, he was burned in the music business. So he didn't really want me to pursue that as my main career. And um, he kind of, you know, geared me towards like civil service. And that's the direction that I went in while I was working behind the scenes. So I was always in music, but you know, that was why I went into more of a supporting role because of his experiences. And, you know, so he kind of guided me away from the music business as far as my artistry was concerned. So. Gotcha. Um, do you still, do you get a lot of support from your family with what you're doing now? Absolutely. You know, he's, he passed away in, in 88. So but he would be thrilled like right now um my mom is my biggest cheerleader like she's always at all my shows and everything and very supportive and you know I'm not bitter at all um you know by my parents staring me a, a little bit away from the spotlight initially because it, it worked out well for me you know at the end so um yeah, they're they're always there. They're always cheering for me. I wouldn't be able to to do what I do without the support of my family. So I'm very thankful for that. Very cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome when your family can support you. I, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> but, no. but, but it must be nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, so did you grow up in New York City then? I did. I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, very cool. Nice. What was that like? You said, what was that like? Yeah, yeah, what's New York like? Oh, it was a great experience. Um, just let me turn this other device off. It was a great experience. I wouldn't... Um, you gain a lot of, of uh, street smarts growing up in the city. And um, it just was great. I mean, I grew up playing hopscotch and skelly and double dutch and you know, you had to be home before the street light. And you know, <laughs> when I was growing up, it took like a village to raise a child. Um, you know, it was just the different mindset. You knew when you left the house that the neighbors watching. So you you better act right because somebody's going to tell your parent or they're going to come and take you by your ear <laughs> back to your parents. So, um, you know, it was it was good times. It was simpler times um it was great i mean the food was the best we had a, a great pizza shop on the corner and you know on church avenue you went to the game rooms which i wasn't supposed to be in i used to sneak and go to the game rooms mm -hmm. and 
it just was so much. I mean, you had mass transit, you could take the train everywhere. Yeah, it was it was it was great. I I, I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I, I didn't raise my kids in the city, you know, but I think that they missed out on on a little bit of life, not having a little bit of that city experience. I mean, they go and they visit, but I think that it has benefited me now as an adult to have had those experiences that I had growing up in the city. Brooklyn was great. It was a melting pot. You grew up around everybody. That was the great thing. And you knew how to co coexist. You knew how to, to, to deal with different cultures. And, you know, you didn't grow up just in one area where all you know is, you know, people that look like you. So yeah, yeah. It was just, it was a great experience. Just, it was a great life experience. Yeah, uh, I agree. Living in the country, you, you know, it's beautiful scenery, but you definitely miss out on what the real world is like a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I learned that because we moved to a city. Yeah, so. we, we're, we're from a small town originally and moved out here to the city here. And, you know, like we keep, keep touch with friends and things like that back home and they've never changed you can see you, you can definitely see you know with years uh gone past and that you can see the the difference in the way of thinking in that small town you know it's just like 30 years behind yeah. <laughs> right yeah so. um you know their their understanding and compassion of other people and other cultures is very low because they live in very you know rural areas with not not a lot of diversity and yeah that that's a tough one and you know when you live in you know a place like Brooklyn you know I mean yeah sometimes certain areas are a little segmented but um you know for the most part you get to to experience a bit of everybody and that that that's the best I think that, that our differences is what makes us beautiful as people. And, you know, we need to be a little bit more, a lot more accepting of, of others. Oh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, it would, it would make the world a better place, for sure. Definitely. Uh, so, um, so I wanted to ask this, too. Again, correct me if I'm wrong with the Internet, but were you a police officer at one time? Yes, um... I was oh, really? a county police officer. I retired as a sergeant, a detective sergeant. Um, oh, nice. I retired in April of this year. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, I'm newly retired. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah. uh, so we've had we've had a couple of police officers on the show. What's your craziest story? Can you tell us something crazy? Oh man, let me think. Um, I mean, when you're dealing with the public, this is just like constantly crazy stuff going on. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I'm okay to share. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of these stories are really. <laughs> <laughs> And you're trying to enjoy your retirement. <laughs> it's good. Uh, 
Now, so uh, are you working on any new music currently? I am, actually. I, I'm working on an album. Um, but I'm not sure if it's going to be an album or an EP. It just kind of depends on where I stop creatively by my deadline. But um, I have enough right now for an EP. It's just a matter of what am I going to choose, you know, for the album. What's going to make the cut or the EP. So definitely um, my target date is mid-February for that release. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... so oh, sorry, Dean. Oh, no, go ahead. Um, so when you go into the studio, how do you produce your music? How, how do you come up with the beat process and all that? Well, I don't do production. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are some things that I'll bring to the table and I'll have a producer bring to life. But for the most part, there's there's music that's composed and brought to me or either I'll sit with the produce, producer and we'll build something around a melody that I have already that I've, you know, that I've started writing lyrics and a hook to. But a lot of times my process comes from what I hear in a mute in a, a segment of music that I receive, whether it's a full track or a sample of it. And it kind of builds from there. Okay. So do you have a favorite producer to work with? Um, I have a couple of them. Um, Joe Lindsay, um, Michael Westbrooks. He did my entire um, early catalog, Say Yes and Somehow and um, all of those records back from 2015-16. And, and 2019, he did my Christmas album. Um, so we, we did some really beautiful gems together. And we are also working on a jazz album. But I'm not looking to release that until, you know, maybe late next year. So those are some of my favorite. Joe, Joe Lindsay, uh, Michael Westbrooks. And John Halcott, we just did a crazy classic R&B record a week ago together that we wrote together. And it came out amazing. So he's definitely one of my favorites as well. Very cool. So how do you go about making a Christmas album? What's it? Huh. Is, there, is there challenges with that? Well... The biggest challenge is really, you know, picking the songs that work for for your voice. Um, and also it being a song that that means something to you. So I found that the process for me was pretty easy because the songs that I picked or Michael Westbrooks picked, it was it was songs that were like right in my sweet spot. You know, songs that, that I grew up loving. You know, classic, classic Christmas songs. You know, traditional Christmas songs. Some of which we put a jazz spin on, which was, you know, pretty cool. And um, that was pretty much the process for that. I didn't find it challenging. I mean, as far as using 
others' music, that's easy. You can um, create a Harry Fox account and, you know, you just purchase a license for it. That's pretty much how that works when you're working with remakes. So no real significant challenges there other than, you know, time constraints. You know, you're always working against a clock to get a project out in enough time to have the right marketing behind it. But outside of that, it, it was a fun project to do. So whose idea was, was this your idea? Something that you wanted somebody present this idea to you that you should put out a Christmas album? No, it was my idea. It's something okay. I always do. And um, I love Christmas music. Like I'm one of those people, you know, whether it be corny, but you know, right after Thanksgiving, I'm listening to Christmas music. You know, you, you, you really, and then, I mean, the, uh, what is it, the, the Preacher's Wife catalog, that, that um, soundtrack, that's one that I will listen to any time of the year. It's just, it's just such a beautiful <laughs> music. It, it really is. It, it really is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I love, I love Christmas. I'm yep, right after weekend after Thanksgiving, my tree is up. I'm ready to go. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, because it's such a short time. It's such a beautiful time of year, but it's so short. You know, it comes and it goes. So, I like to get the most that I can get out of it. And you know, I just wanted to make sure that I made a body of music that represents, you know, the Christmas season you know, the way I want to represent it, you know, so, and, and you know, something that I could share, you know, with, with my, with my followers, you know, and the responses have been really great, you know, behind the project. So that, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I wanted to ask you, I seen on your Spotify, I was your music earlier, you got to work with Little Flip. Uh, I, how did how did that come about? <laughs> oh well, the song, which you can see, is a lot different from my earlier catalog. My um my manager Michael Stemley had bought me that song, and I didn't write that. I had no hand in production or anything, but when I heard it, I loved it. So I was up for the challenge, and I went in and I recorded it. I actually recorded it out here in Atlanta. I was living in New York at the time. And the song, you know, came out pretty cool. And then we were kind of like debating, who were we going to put on this record? And initially, my management wanted to get a female rapper. And I was like, I think a guy would, would really go good. So we could talk about, you know, what we're going to do to each other in this record. You know, more so, you know, where we could kind of bounce back and forth. And he said, well, what about Little Flip? It was pretty much like that. And I said, yeah. So <laughs> he reached out to his management and they sent us the verse like almost immediately. And it just all gelled and worked out really well. You know, very that's cool. pretty yeah. much history. Yeah, he's. He's a phenomenal artist and, and a gentleman, and he definitely made the process very easy. 
Yeah, when I was listening to that song, I was I was thinking that that's really awesome because that dude was dropping some like awesome tunes right when I was in high school. I was really into him for a minute, and uh, no, it was cool to to hear you guys work together. That was, you know, cool track. Oh, thank, um, you. thank you. Yeah, he's um yeah. he's still moving. You know, um, with with the size of that state and how awesome the people of the state of Texas, they really support their artists that come out of Texas. So Cliff is always touring and still putting out new music. I know he had, I think, a mixtape out last year and another project. So, yeah, you should check him out. He's doing a lot of stuff. And then he has... um a lot of merch and stuff out there and I know he has like a soda line and all kinds of stuff going on. So yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. He's still around. Have, have you thought about getting in the soda pop game? No, that's not for me. <laughs> so soda because it kind of conflicts with my brand as far as because I'm not a soda drinker. Uh, I'm a health nut. So I mean, I could get into something that's healthy, you know, that would market a brand that's tied to health. So maybe something like that, but but definitely not soda. I can't see that one. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So is there any uh, any chance of you two working together in the future? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, if it wasn't for COVID in the mix of everything that you know I had going on I'm sure that we would have already gotten into something you know but it's just it's just been a little crazy so is there mm -hmm. sorry is there any other artists that that's out there that you think would be just awesome to work with that would complement your style and what you do yeah um it depends on you know, what genre we're talking about, are we talking about rappers or singers? Um, I, I Just any in general, I guess, if there's just any artist that you think, like, man, I would just love to work with that person one day. Oh, I would love to work with Brian McKnight. Okay. Love to do a duet with him. Um, I would love to work with, and I am currently, you know, working on a, a, a project with Keith Washington. So that's coming to fruition, which is nice. Um, Stephanie Mills, that would be great to work with her. I love Jennifer Hudson. That would be awesome to work with her. It's, um, it's so many. I like Raheem Devine. Um, Anthony Hamilton, that would be awesome to work with him as well. So there's quite a few. Nice. I noticed Snoop Dogg didn't make the list. Is there a reason? <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't mention any rappers. I kind of kept it R&B, but as far as rappers, <laughs> I, would love, I would love to work with Snoop. I would love to work with Ludacris. I love Ludacris. <laughs> I just, you know, Snoop seems like he's on everybody's record. So. <laughs> oh, especially down there being, being in Georgia. You guys down there in Georgia and the South have so much talent when it comes to hip hop and you know, yeah, so many great artists. Oh, that Atlanta area. Oh, yeah. That's, Atlanta, that's just an yeah, awesome area you know. for that. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 
So we'll see what comes. We'll see what comes. All right, well, we'll get the word out to Snoop for you. Yeah, we'll call. <laughs> Once he starts taking our calls. <laughs> so uh, have you ever tried your hand in acting or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. Acting and modeling and stuff. And I need to um to really get back to that now that my schedule is a little bit more open. I say a little bit because it's funny you think that because I gave up one career that I would have all of this extra time, which I don't have. I don't know how, <laughs> how that happened, but yeah, I need to start um, putting my reels together within the department, believe it or not. I used to have to oh, really? acting within the department for their training like modules and videos. I actually was a departmental vocalist as well. I sang at work too. So um, I would go out and do that national anthem and stuff. And yeah, but yeah, I, I do, I do act. I do act. I don't have, currently have any projects going on where I'm acting right now, but they will be. Did they like send you out to like uh, baseball games and stuff to do the anthem? Yeah, I had to do um a few, like, it just depends. Yeah, but I have done stuff like that. I did Nassau Coliseum. Was it Keith Tobey? He's a country artist. Is that his name? Something Tobey. Tobey. Oh, I can't remember his name. I'm not a country <laughs> music girl, but I had to, like, do an opening, like, with the flag and everything there, the national anthem. That was pretty cool. That was, like, the biggest stage that that I, I sang on and it was quite an experience hearing my voice come back at me in a big arena like that. It was so cool. So yeah, how, so I've had that experience, which was nice. How was the crowd response doing that? Awesome. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that's kind of like weird to me because like people always clap and, and everything and they're always happy to hear the national anthem. But when you sing it in a place that large with that many people, it was a lot different. Like the energy was a lot different. So it, that it kind of it didn't scare me, but it, it was kind of like, oh wow, oh my god, you know. And they just kept clapping, and it was kind of cool, you know, because we don't bow and stuff. Like I'm in full dress uniform and. You know, we march, you know, we're paramilitary when you're singing at work. So it's not like, you know, when you're, I'm out there doing red bottoms and lingerie, you know, it's a, <laughs> it's a whole <laughs> setup. So, you know, it was just like kind of, I guess, kind of surreal when you hear people cheering for you while you're doing the national anthem the way that they did. And um, it was it was pretty cool. That's, That's awesome. awesome. The only thing that makes that better is after you get done doing that, if they scream to do red bottoms and lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the only way that gets better. <laughs> if they were able to connect the two, because, you know, you know, of course the public didn't know, you know, when I'm out there, they don't know. They just see this cop girl and it's just the cop chick singing, so they don't know, you know. <laughs> All right, so so I gotta ask, uh, being a female police officer, 
do you get a lot of cheesy pickup lines when you pull over single guys? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you always get them saying something, you know, silly or whatever, but I, I would, you know. Any favorites you can recall? Because <laughs> you know what? That was so long ago for me, as far as like patrol is concerned. <laughs> I had, um, I left patrol like 10 years before I retired. So I can't really remember the lines <laughs> really anymore because, um, you know, I went into management and I went into, you know, the detective division and it just was a little different. You know, like when they see the suits coming, it's a different response that you get from the public when you're not in uniform. So when they see the suits coming, they know that it's a felony for the most part. It's really (laughs) bad. So you're not really going to get the pickup lines at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Nobody's going to compliment your eyes when it's a felony. No, they don't want to see the suits coming. It's just a... (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great hey you know there's not better than a woman in a uniform i'll say (laughs) it's great (laughs) Uh, so do you ever watch like or anything like that and be like oh this is bullshit i can't get (laughs) yes i mean i've seen it it's not anything that i would um you know, schedule to put on my TV time. I'm not a big TV watcher, but what I do like, you know, well, it's real cases, but I do like the, like, the first 48. I like that. Uh, I like Law and Order, you know, because that's pretty, it's pretty close, you know, for the most part, especially the first 48. But, yeah, but the rest of that stuff, mm-mm, I, I can't really <laughs> watch it, because yeah, but- I'm like this is fake. Like that doesn't really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, my wife, forty-eight. She also she anything also Discovery ID. She's all about as just well, anything so. with <laughs> murder. Yeah, anything with murder. <laughs> I, I really think she's plotting my death. I need to be a little concerned. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> no. Oh, she'll no. brag that stuff of this that she knows how to kill me and get away with it. I, I am a little concerned. That's I, I make a point to tell people on the podcast. They know what to look for. <laughs> Where is she hiding the body? <laughs> oh my goodness, that is so funny. No. Yeah. Um, so, one thing I wanted to ask you too is when you're working on your original stuff, are you the one that writes the lyrics for that, or do you have so, uh, uh, somebody that helps co write with you? Or It, it just depends. Um, I have written. I've written some of my material, like uh, Say Yes. I wrote that, but that was, I had a co-writer on that. And this last, the latest project, um, I co-wrote that with um, John Halcott. So it just depends. Then I have, you know, other songs that I've written on my own. But uh, a lot of them have been collaborative, like writing sessions, which I find a lot of fun, you know, because you kind of like, you kind of vibe off of each other musically, which is oh, nice. For sure. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny and I are in a band together too, and you know, so we write music together, and that, and yeah, it, it's definitely different than when you're writing and trying to do something on your own. We write music separately, and we bring it to the table together. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you ever, you know, tried to sit down and write with somebody, and it just, oh, I can't do this. Not to name any names or anything. just that maybe they got a different view than what you're trying, what you're going for. Um, it hasn't happened yet. Um, my circle is like really small creatively. Like I work with the same people usually for a while. So I haven't had that happen yet. (laughs) Not yet. So, so thankfully the creative gods have been in our sessions and they've been productive. So I haven't had that yet. No, that's cool. Uh, now, when when you oh, sorry, Jesus, uh, <laughs> don't smoke pot, kids. Uh, when you're doing like modeling and stuff, uh, have you done anything like for big companies or anything like that? No, nothing big that I can think of. Um, no, nothing I would consider big. Mm-mm. Like fashion shows and, and stuff like that. I'm trying to think. Do I do any product placement? Um, yeah, nothing big. Nothing big. Now, uh, fashion shows, are they fun or is that just a lot of competition? A lot of stress. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stress, um, I guess. I, I found it to be fun. You know, my experience with it fun. So I, I didn't seem like they're really stressful for me. I didn't I don't know. It was fun for me. It they seem fun. very fast. They they are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> you know, when you go into it like knowing that it is, I think you kind of know what to expect. So yeah, I didn't find it to be yeah, I've been finding it to be stressful. Okay. Now, is it easy to get a, a wardrobe malfunction when you have to dress quickly? <laughs> yes, that's that's for sure. Yes, indeed. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know that that happens. It, oh my goodness, that happened to me on stage, but really backstage, I had a, <laughs> a little mishap um, when I did the Queen's Theater with uh, Full Force and. Uh, and Keith Washington in intro back in 2019, like right before the world shut down. And uh, I had to make a quick change in between my intro set and my main set. And so I'm changing in the wing and <laughs> it was supposed to be a closed wing, but it didn't quite turn out. <laughs> so I was like, oh, but whatever, you're going to see whatever because I got to get back on stage. So it was one of those things. But, you know, luckily it was, you know, people that I knew it wasn't like a bunch of strangers walking around backstage. But, yeah, that was kind of crazy, though. The show, the show must go on. <laughs> it must go on. You got to change. You got to get back out there. You know, you got to make it happen. So that we did. And it was a great night. Great performances by everybody. I'm also a concert promoter, so 
That was um, one of the concerts that I promoted before the pandemic. So that was a lot of fun. Well, way to go the extra mile in promotion there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't beat that. <laughs> uh, so, oh, go ahead. Uh, so, now, I do. I have two children. My daughter, 17. And my son is 15. So what do they think about their mom switching gears and getting into entertainment again here? Oh, they love it. Um, both of my kids are musicians, too. So, um, Oh, cool. They, they get it. You know, my daughter, she sings and she writes and she's playing around a bit with the piano and the, now the electric guitar. And um, my son... He plays the tenor saxophone and the mellophone. He's playing around with the trumpet right now. I just bought him a bass. Um, so they get it. He's like writing a whole score for like a some some kind of cartoon or something that he's sketching. And, you know, he's like wow. really, really, really into it. So he he likes that he has a mom that that gets the whole musician thing. You know, so he can he can discuss with me, you know, his thoughts on things creatively, you know, and get what he thinks is a valid opinion from another musician. So it, it's pretty cool. That, that's fantastic. I had I unfortunately we weren't able to do that with our dad, but um, uh, one of the first bands I was in, one of the other guys, their dad, he was such a mentor for all of us like that. Uh, he was a musician himself and. Some of the best advice I ever got as a musician came from that man right there. That's the best. Yeah, that's the best. You know, when you can, it's nice if you do have, you know, a mentor, whether it be a parent or, you know, another adult that's there in the mix, that's supportive, that you can get advice from. It's, it's priceless. It definitely is. So that's good that you did have somebody that you can rely on for that advice. Is there a chance of you guys uh, all putting out an album one day? Me and the kids? Yeah. yeah. There is a chance. I I have them on a project when they were really small singing backup vocals on a song called Somehow that I wrote. And um, they did a fantastic job. My son also sings, but he chooses not to. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a strong possibility of that. I would love to make that happen. My daughter, her genre is not R&B, though. She's into, um, like, death metal and stuff like that. So this, but definitely. Oh, nice. That, that's, that's that's kind of mine there, too. Yes. That, that's oh, our okay. style of band, though. Yeah, yeah, we're in the death metal community. Okay. So, yeah, we play yeah. we play that kind of music. <laughs> yeah, so you 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 get it. Not that we can't collaborate, because we can, but, you know, when, I think when she matures a little bit and sees that the two can meet, then, you know, we could discuss that at that point. But right now, oh, I, she's not in I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah when, I was, uh, when I was young, I didn't think it was a good mix of two. And now that I'm, you know, older, I see, you know, yeah, you, you can. It's no you big can, deal. Of course. 
you know, and it's not anything new. It's been, it's been done. You know, you had Run DMC, you know, mixing genres back oh, in the yeah. day. You know, and it was done brilliantly. And um, oh yeah, yeah, Aaron Smith and Public Enemy with Anthrax. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it can be done. It's just that she has to be able to see it, and I I don't force the issue. She'll see it in her own time. You know, she has to go yeah. through her own creative metamorphosis. And when she does, then you know we can jam. So, so now you had said, correct if I'm wrong, but you had said that you'd put your Christmas album that was done just before the pandemic. My yeah, my Christmas album. Yeah, yeah. My Christmas album came out before the pandemic. So, but you know, with it being a Christmas album, it's the the music, it's the gift that keeps giving, keeps on giving, because you know each, you know December, or November, each November. You know, I start marketing for it again. You know, so yeah. yeah you know, I, I guess you know, I never with doing a Christmas album that it really does, you know, have that where it comes around again every year holiday that you know you can re-promote it, resell it, and and push it again. Yes, exactly. You have to. You know, that's the whole point of you. You're gonna make Christmas music. That music never dies. So, you know, when you, it's the, I call it the gift that keeps on giving. That's why I call it that because it does. Because every year you can give, you can promote, you know, like um, this year, Fox 5 is going to have me on singing, you know, a segment. So if I didn't have that Christmas album, I wouldn't be on Fox 5 Christmas Day. So it's good to have, you know, other types of music out there, especially holiday music, you know, because people love holiday music and it lives forever. So when the pandemic hit, I guess, how did that switch things around for you at that point? Well, the live performances had to stop. Um, I did one performance during the pandemic in Brooklyn at um at this supper club but really not much more you know after that because um i i wasn't you know i don't want to bring anything home to my family so i have to be very cognizant of that that it's just not about me so you start to do other things online you start to engage more you know through your social media where you can you know, and I use that time also to to build a better me, you know, physically, you know, working out more. Like during the pandemic, I was just like a, a beast with working out. So, you know, I just had to shift my focus a bit, write more. Um, you know, there's other ways to there's other ways to to benefit your craft that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be out to do it so so that's what i did yeah definitely had to find some creative avenues to try during this time just to stay yeah. busy yeah I mean, yeah just that, for your own idle, sanity <laughs> idle time this would not have been good yeah 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 you gotta um uh, mm-hmm. 
Oh, I was going to say, yeah, real quick, before we wrap up with you, uh, go, will you go ahead and promote your album where they can find it? Oh, and okay. also, are you on social media? Yes, yes, I'm on social media, Monique Nicole, M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-N-I-K-K-O-L-E. You can either Google me, but I'm at Monique Nicole everywhere. And my website is MoniqueNicole.com and MoniqueNicoleMusic.com. So I have those two domains pointing at the same site because I'm in between websites right now. And my Twitter, my IG is at Monique Nicole. So everything is at Monique Nicole. It's very easy. And currently we have Monique Nicole Christmas and that's streaming everywhere. So you can download that on your favorite platform, whatever it is, or stream it on your on your <clears throat> on your favorite platform, excuse me. And I also have CDs for those that want hard copies, because I know a lot of times people want something tangible that has made a reemergence. So I have hard copies and they could reach out to me on social media and I'll mail them a hard copy if they'd like that. Okay, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's awesome that you're uh, you're putting out CDs still because I'm one of them people that like to have a hard copy of things. So I appreciate yeah. that. A lot of artists don't do that anymore. So yeah, I think you need to have that, you know, because people love to have something tangible. We're going we're going kind of back to that era, you know, of you know wax and and CDs. You know, even my. I love that because I, I, I love the album art and and that stuff. And there's just something about having an entire album that you can listen to front to back as opposed to just picking one or two songs to stream yeah. on your playlist. Spotify yeah. is great for the car, but yeah, at yeah. home, it's, it's awesome to throw in a CD or, you know, a, a record. You yeah. know, just appreciate the whole yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for your time, Monique. We appreciate it. You've been an awesome guest. We had a lot of fun with you. And uh, we hope to talk to you in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, no problem. Thank you, like I said, for giving some time. We really appreciate it. And uh, you take care and be safe. You too. Be well. Bye-bye. All right. Thank All right, you. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.